everybody and welcome to Nutty Buddy Sports and on today's episode we do part two of our NBA playoff prediction. We talk about the Western Conference that's coming up right here, right now on Nutty Buddy Sports. Everybody. Welcome to Nutty Buddy Sports. Uh, before we get into the playoff predictions of the Western Conference, I just wanted to put a disclaimer out there. This is um, this podcast was recorded before news broke this morning. We recorded it last night, but re- news broke this morning that Paul George is in COVID protocol and he will not be playing the uh, Pelicans tonight in the playing game which is a huge deal obviously but um yeah could change the results so just take everything we say when we talk about the suns and the clippers slash pelicans take everything we say with a grain of salt i guess at this point because paul george being out is is a big deal and I just wanted to say, like, the Clippers, ever since they got Paul George, I, I got to read this uh, text from uh, Luke that we just got, which is um, basically the three-year run for the Kawhi Leonard Paul George uh, Clippers, which, by the way, just I, I know there's going to be revisionist history on this, but this was still a move the Clippers had to make, uh, had, had to make. And it all made sense. It all did. I mean, I thought that this team would be good for four years and that they would win at least one title. But, I mean, the first year, the bubble happened. And the Clippers did not want to be in the bubble. So that's that's important to note because a lot of people think they failed. And they did fail. They were up 3-1. They should have beat the Nuggets. But they were one of the teams that voted against being in the bubble. I think a lot of them did not want to be there, especially Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. And Paul George was pretty open about how the bubble affected him. Regardless, though, the bubble undid the Clippers' first season. The second season was Kawhi Leonard getting injured in the middle of the playoffs. And then the third season now might just be the fact that Kawhi Leonard uh, didn't play all season. Paul George only played 30 games. And then we have this play-in game, which we do talk about the play-in game against the Pelicans, where a team that won 36 games has an opportunity to beat a team that won 42 games. And I just, like, you'll hear my thoughts on that, but I just don't agree with it. So it has been a wild ride for the Clippers. I don't believe in curses, but man, if you believed in curses, the Clippers are most definitely a team that you would point to as, like, an obvious evidence that there is something going on anyway so just keep that in mind and also this is part two we did the eastern conference already um in a podcast where we talked about all the eastern conference teams and our predictions so if you haven't listened to that after you're done listening to this you can go back and listen to that if you'd like okay that's all i got for you all the disclaimers let's get into the podcast Okay, let's uh let's get into now the Western Conference here. Oh, let's start with the questions we did with the Eastern Conference. The first question we're going to ask: biggest surprise in the West this year? Let's start with Clint. What, who was your biggest surprise in the West? Um, I'm going to go with Minnesota. I didn't think they'd be impressive. I mean, I guess they're kind of like one of those Eastern conference teams from years before where maybe they're not that good, but the bottom of the West was so bad. So they, they got some cheap wins, but 
still for that team to get to 46 wins, I thought was, you know, pretty impressive. I, I think they're kind of limited, but I think they're a perfect example of what actually having a competent coach can do to a team that has some mismatched talent, but can put it together. Yeah. I, I, that's, that's a really good one. Chris, you seem to agree. What, who's your surprise? Yeah. Uh, Minnesota was one of mine. They improved by like 20 games without, I think the only addition was Patrick Beverly. Um, so that, that was pretty impressive. So I'm going to take my biggest surprise is actually Dallas. Um, obviously Luca goes a long way toward their overall success, but I guess surprising for me that Jason Kidd like turned them in around or maintain the ship, whatever you want to say, because um, he was such a disaster toward the end of his Milwaukee run. Um, so Dallas getting all the way up to where they have four or five seed, five seed um, was a surprise for me because they don't even outside of Luca, they have just a lot of solid pieces, but I don't think anyone is overly impressive. Yeah, that's a that's another good one. I think we, me and me and uh, Luke had them as contenders at the beginning of the year, so we. I, I feel like we're vindicated a I little think so. bit. Yeah, we kind of yeah. ended up being right. I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, Avery, how about you? What, what was your biggest surprise for the Western Conference? I'm going to take my team in the Grizzlies. It's the yeah. first time. That was, that was my third division for the first time in franchise history. They were 20 and four without their best player. Um, John Morant averaged the most points in the paint as a point guard for the first time in NBA history. I mean, they've just got everything going at the right time. They've got one of the best rosters in the NBA when it comes to who they're actually going to play come playoff time. Like their seven-man rotation is just phenomenal. Um, I'm going to pick the Grizzlies as the surprise. Everybody saw them as a play-in team. John Morant improving. He might be the most improved player. He should be in some sort of dark horse MVP discussion. Uh, they seem to be one of the hottest teams in the NBA. Yeah, I think if he didn't miss as many games, he actually would have been like top five in MVP this year. I think the fact that he missed games and the team was, like you said, I think 20 and four, right, without him, I think that kind of hurts his case just a little bit. Although I, I think he's amazing. Like I'm not knocking him. I'm just saying if he wouldn't have got injured, I bet he'd be right up there. Uh, Luke, how about you? Surprise of the West? I'm going to just build off that for a second. I'd say top three if he didn't miss 24 games. Probably, yeah. I mean, Jokic is getting all his credit for his team, and they were barely out of the play-in. Like that, hey, don't knock my surprise. Go ahead. Just saying. Go ahead. Uh, also, Desmond Bain for the win. Yeah. Um, so well, they have, Sorry. They have Defensive Player of the Year in Jaron Jackson Jr. Who yes. Triple J, yeah. And steals. Yeah. yeah. I agree. I agree, man. Yeah. Uh, my biggest surprise is probably just that we thought the teams that were going to be the best were not in the West as far as we thought the Mavericks right away. We didn't really think the Suns were going to be that much better. We thought the Lakers were going to be better. I guess it's the same thing as the East. My biggest surprise is that the West was just not as good. And the once you get past the top few teams, it just it nosedives. Yeah. And I think that that was that's a big surprise compared to I mean, the Jazz were not impressive this year. <laughs> I just it's just the West itself was not great. Right. I and I, I think that was the biggest surprise for me. I really thought the Lakers were gonna be a play playoff a team. playoff yeah. like a good playoff yeah. team. We and they were, were just so wrong about that. But Avery, so was, that was you, man. You got you got a win there. I'll tell you that. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about the race. That was my biggest surprise. Yeah. Just, I, 
Yeah. I had two. I, I the Nuggets, Jokic, I don't like I understand he barely got in the playoffs, but <laughs> considering two other max players are not playing on his team, that's pretty pretty good for him to be doing that. And then I want to I'm gonna give your team a shout out. We don't have to talk too much about them because we'll get into them as far as when we talk about but the Clippers somehow making uh, uh having a uh, winning record without their three best players uh for the majority of the season. Uh Ty Lu should at least be in the conversation for coach of the year, just I, I think anyway. But um, that so those were the two surprises for me personally. Um, because I'm sorry, if you would have told me that Paul George was only going to play 30 games, I'd be like, the Clippers are not going to have a good season, <laughs> but they, they did really good. So, oh, I thought you were talking about Marcus Morris. I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That's great. I'm trying not to talk about my team only, Ryan. I would have talked about my team. No, no, I got I'm trying, you. I got I'm you. trying to not talk about them. Constantly. I got you. I got your back. Uh, Chris, you got somewhere. How, how about for biggest disappointment that the Morris twins didn't go up against the Yoke brothers in like a real throwdown? WrestleMania. Yeah, we, we had the brawl of the year. It's yeah, a shame. That's a disappointment that didn't happen. If if they wanted to make money, that was a, that was the biggest WrestleMania match of the year. You just move yeah. the, <laughs> the play in turn. You move it all around a little bit because like that just happened, right? Like they, they could have made that a thing. That was uh, money lost. Yeah. Um. Okay. Let's talk about disappointment. Um. Let's start with Clint on this one. Who who is your biggest disappointment in the uh, in the the West. Well, the, the layup is the Lakers, uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> but I, I would normally would have said the Blazers, but they had, you know, uh, Dame got hurt and then they really drove the tank hard there at the end, um, you know, to get their better pick. But I, it pretty much has to be the Lakers like that. Just the wheels fell off. It started on fire. It burnt down. <laughs> it just, it just all fell apart. And it's, as much as I hate the Lakers and I didn't think they would be particularly good I you know would have put them probably in like a five or six seed I would not have put them at uh 33 wins uh so I mean that was like an abomination of a year I I I just the firing of Frank Frank Vogel I'll just not get like you 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 he's a defensive-minded coach and you give him no defenders and you expect him to win like I just like no, I, I don't get that. The Lakers organization is just, and then you add the the fact that they have an extra GM and in, in uh, LeBron, it's just a mess right now. Uh, yeah, um, Avery, you got a disappointment for us? Yeah, it's something that you really just hate to see. Um, the Lakers not making the playoffs. <laughs> hate to see it. Hate, hate to see it. You know what's funny is. Avery, so obviously when we did our season prediction, you were like so down on Westbrook and me and Luke were trying to talk you into this like, hey, in the regular season, it will be fine. It's in the playoffs where it'll show up. That's, you know, that's I felt that way. And man, did did you did you. okay? but be honest, did you think it was going to be this bad? I thought for sure they would make the playoffs as a top seven seed, Mm -hmm. like just given who they have on the roster. Yeah, yeah, I was so hot on Russell Westbrook being so terrible, and I was so right. Yeah, you weren't you weren't wrong. I didn't think he'd be this bad, though. I was watching some highlight reels of him, and well, highlight is way way too generous. (laughs) Anthony Davis took such a step backward. He's paper mache, but but he always was. Yeah, he always was. But at least when he was out there, he used to be the kind of guy where. Oh, you're that's a good be a good possession. You got him the ball, you got it to him in the spot. 
he turned into a historically bad jump shooter yeah. this this season when he was on the floor. Mm-hmm. You add that to his paper macheness, mm-hmm. and along with Westbrook not being anything, it turned LeBron into a scorer. And LeBron being a scorer is the easiest way to defend a LeBron James-led team. Yeah. So it just became really easy to guard them, and that was their entire – that's all it was. And nobody played defense. And LeBron played great, by the way. Well, defense – he didn't. He didn't even try defense. Why should he in his defense? Because that team was never going anywhere. I'm not. I'm not defending LeBron. Is from not my goat. Not my goat. Oh, I, agree, I agree. But I'm just saying he was a great offensive player. He was a great player this year. He played really good. That's fair. Wasted a completely wasted a year that he had where that was. He was like built for a playoff run this year. Okay, I, I agree. But nothing. the the Jordan. Okay. He's a. Se- I'll get to you in a second, Avery. I just want to say Jordan comparisons have to stop, okay? Because here's why: as a Washington Wizard at 39, 40 years old, you would never see Michael Jordan take a playoff, okay? Like he he's all out all the time. That's the way he plays. I just I just seen too much of that from LeBron James. I, I'm sorry, you just can't. I understand your team stinks around you. The team that you wanted, by the way, and that's why he should try is because he's wanted all these guys. Uh, that to me is the reason why I just like, it just got to stop. Avery, what do you got for us? I got two things that solidifies one thing of mine. He's the GM, right? This is the team he wanted and they were terrible. And second thing, this solidifies that this was a Mickey Mouse ring in 2020 in the bubble, right? (laughs) Yes. I, I don't know how we look at that any, any way else. I, I mean, it's still an accomplishment. They still get the championship. I always say like, championships all of them have asterisks because that's how you tell the story but when you look at the bubble it's like more or less like the the challenge was the outside world not basketball does that make sense i think Mm -hmm. you're right you can't take down a banner but the lakers banner should have an asterisk that said tj warren scored 53 (laughs) points in the bubble that pretty much says it all (laughs) that's fair also was vogel the coach the whole time yeah. Oh, it's weird that he just forgot how to coach once they got out of the bubble. That's, yeah. huh, yeah. boy. Horrible. Is, definitely on him. That's his should have added T.J. Warren. Yeah, yeah. He should have coached the team. Could you yes. imagine how many points they were scoring? <laughs> uh, California, too? It's legal there. <laughs> did you get – did we get your disappointment, Chris? Oh, we get mine. Uh, no, but obviously – do you want my disappointment first, yeah. or do you want my Lakers takes first? Okay. Can we do the Lakers? I want a Lakers take. No, I don't think they're the biggest disappointment. I don't think anyone thought they would be this bad. But, I mean, pretty much everything I saw before the season was people saying, this is a horribly constructed roster. There's no way this is going to work. I didn't really see anyone super high on them. I think everyone just assumed – it's a LeBron team. There's going to be a baseline of competency here. You know, there's still going to be, I, I don't know. I didn't see predictions per se, but I mean, everyone just expects a LeBron to be a top four seed. I think I everybody think had them in the playoffs. playoffs. That's what I would say. And that's yeah, why for sure. Yeah. You would think of LeBron, no matter what it would, he would be a playoff team, but I don't think they're the biggest disappointment just because everyone thought it would be bad. Maybe just not this bad. Um, my other weird thing with LeBron, too, is that um, – well, A, I should say before that, is this is what he does every single stop he's went to in his career when things don't work out. He gets moody and pouty, and, okay, yeah, sure, he's putting up his 30 points a game, but he's also walking back on defense half the time. 
when when things he's not a guy that's going to fight through adversity he bails at the first sign of trouble um so that's kind of like his mo but my weird thing is is that he's talking all about oh he wants to play till Bronny's in the league and it's like and pe- teams are like oh they're going to draft Bronny's so that lebron comes and plays for them i don't do we think lebron is really going to last that much longer like obviously he's a great offensive player but like he is I don't know. He's not durable anymore. He's not a two-way player anymore. I don't I don't know how much he's going to have in the tank by the time that's even if Bronny is good enough to get to the league, which is like highly doubtful in my opinion, but go ahead. Go ahead, Avery. I dislike LeBron to the umps degree, but I think he's still a top like seven player in the end. Oh, I don't disagree. Yeah. So I just, for him to be on a roster in the next two, three, four years, I, I don't see anything wrong with that. I, yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, he can still play. His basketball, just, his basketball IQ is higher than almost anybody. Yeah, yeah. That alone can get him a starting spot anywhere. He he coasted mm-hmm. the whole season, mm-hmm. half the half the time at least. So yeah. I feel mm-hmm. like with the amount of money that he can spend on keeping his body, the way that the, the medical stuff has advanced, I feel like he can probably keep going for quite a while and still be a top 15, 20 guy. I mean, yeah. for probably long enough. He wants to play with Bronny. I think that'll totally happen. Like, and, and he, I still think, I still think he'll be good when that, when that occurs. It's just well, I don't know how that translates to win. He's going to be the best player. <laughs> He's going to be but, the best player on the Guangdong Tigers, you know, for sure. But yeah, I forget what – I feel like it's something wings. Yeah. That, that one, I forget. And I want to – I just want to double down what Avery said. I just I, – I think I'm too hard on him sometimes, but it's because he gets compared to Michael. He, he in my mind – You is are a, too hard. Yeah, you yeah, are too hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is the second best player of all time, in my opinion. Like, mm-hmm. I, I have him right like there. I just think there's a gap between him and Jordan, and then there's a gap between him and everybody else in my mind. Um, but, yeah, he's still amazing. I just wish he would try hard on both sides of the ball. That's all. Like, mm-hmm. I get sometimes you're going to be lazy. I get it. But, like, just let's not give up on the team you wanted in the first place. Uh, Chris, did you did you have their disappointment then? No. So my, so my disappointment, I guess for a team, I was thinking maybe Portland, um, just because Lillard is another guy you would think he he's dragged a lot of crappy teams to better results than this, but they also just were like completely decimated with roster or injuries and they blew it up. So I'm gonna take a page out of I believe it was Luke in the Eastern Conference that picked a player, and I'm gonna say Zion Williamson for not getting in shape at all and not playing a single second. Um, my question to the group, did Zion Williamson had the worst support staff or grouping around him of like any player like ever? Because how do you not tell this guy like stop eating all the time and keep yourself in shape because you're losing money for all of us? It so really Zion, you. <laughs> um, when the season started, I said – Brandon Ingram was the best player on that roster. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. What an insult to Josh Hart. Yeah. (laughs) I said, Brandon Ingram is the best player on this roster, regardless of availability. Zion Williamson had not played all year. He's 300 pounds, can still dunk though, apparently. Yeah. That means a lot. Um, Yeah. yeah, He's nothing. You can't play. You don't, you're not worth anything. 
Okay, so let me let me ask this question uh, based off that. Well, why don't you respond first before I got another question? Real quick, Ryan, yeah. before you ask that question, this is very important. Yeah, ESPN put Zion ahead of Paul George for best players in the league before the season started. Thank you, ESPN. <laughs> Garbage. Yeah, I can so, dunk. Does that mean I should be on that list? Well, sounds like you're better than Paul George based on what ESPN's got. Yeah, I can yeah. throw down a 360 dunk. Yeah, yeah. So I saw it. So, so if, if you buzzed your hair though, then you could do like the Alex Caruso, and you might get all oh, these. I could be. I could just Ooh. hustle really hard and be really athletic. He's got yeah. a high motor. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess the question is this: like, so about Zion, I guess it's like, so we're in the the player empowerment era, right? Like, we're in that era. Do you think, like, you know, you mentioned Chris, like maybe his support system's bad he really wanted to be a Nick. Like he thought he was going to New York. Do you think mm-hmm. that like, he's kind of blowing this on purpose and hopes like that yeah. Pelicans trade him to New York or a t- team like that, just so that like it gives them because they got like the Pelicans have to be worried. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's sort of what I'm thinking too. I'm thinking like, this is yeah. not rocket science. He's pay- getting paid millions of dollars. Go ahead. Uh, Clint. So <laughs> going back, Whenever, you know, sometimes you see a college play and you're like, this dude has it. And everyone was high on Zion. And I was like, I I guess I see the talent, but it's hard to see someone that um, not cut, not in shape with already having a bad knee and bad foot, like being great for a long time. And I guess I was just never high on Zion because I, I get what he can do on offense, but he reminds me of no matter what teams he play for, good stats, bad team player type mm-hmm. of guy. So if I'm the Pelicans, like I think I told you in a podcast before, I would ship this dude out as fast as I could and I would send him to the Knicks and just take what I can get now because he's not going to turn down the money. You know, he, he's extension eligible this summer. Are you going to pay the dude 170 million, 150 million, or whatever it is? And then in two years, he's going to ask out anyhow after his, his, you know, no trade is up for the first what year of the contract. Yeah. I just, I'm just never been a big fan of his mm-hmm. potential to be anything more than a guy that's going to stat the stuff sheet, stat the <laughs> stuff, the stat sheet, and then look at it and be like, great. Your team won 45 games and you got swept by the Suns. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it just partially was like people looked at Charles Barkley and it's like no one would think he would stay in shape and he played for like 16 years. So I think people were just hoping that Zion would have a similar path. Um, when I was thinking about this, um, the whole thing with the Knicks was that he wants to go play with RJ Barrett. Cause they're, you know, they're friends from college or whatever, but it's like, is RJ Barrett still going to be on the Knicks when he's available? Like RJ Barrett's not that good. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? It's like, I don't know if that's a viable path. And then thirdly, um, how many times does this have to happen to the Pelicans where their star player desperately wants to leave town before the NBA decides to pull the plug and realize that, basketball is not working in new Orleans. Can we move them to Seattle already? And not that guys are necessarily going to pick Seattle over other big market teams, but it's like it happened with Chris Paul. It happened to Anthony Davis. And now it's with Zion. They tried it in the seventies and no one went to the games in the seventies. And then they put basketball back in new Orleans. It's not going to work. Fold the team, remove them already. 
that's fair. I, I think the NBA is trying and would much rather add to teams than um, yeah. have one move at this point. So yeah. otherwise you're going to have to try to find, th- you know, Seattle's an obvious choice for one of those two teams. If you move New Orleans to Seattle, you need to find mm-hmm. two new destinations. I think Vegas is going to be one of those destinations, but Seattle and Vegas are like the two the cities that I think will get teams. And so I don't think mm-hmm. the Pelicans will move there personally, but you are yeah, right. Yeah. They, they should, because it's just like, nobody wants to play there. Okay. Did we get your disappointment? No, I don't think so. I thought we were done. And then I was, I was about to go. And then he was like, Oh, Chris, your disappointment. I was like, Oh, Oh, yeah. oh I, did, I thought, I thought everyone else was done. I was going to say my big disappointment is that we're talking about the Pelicans and how it's all awful for them. And they're probably going to knock the Clippers out of the playoffs tomorrow night. <laughs> I'm already disappointed about it. Um, my biggest disappointment is that I was really hyped for this year where it was going to be as a diehard Paul George fan, my year to watch Paul George try to carry the Clippers without Kawhi Leonard and go all year or whatever. And he got the dumbest injury in the history of basketball injuries. I forget the exact ligament even, but he got the injury that baseball players get when they require Tommy John surgery. That's not a basketball injury. How does it even happen? How does it even happen? It was awful. Like of all the injuries, this is a guy who snapped his leg in half. He's needed, he's torn both of his shoulders up. How does that happen? That's not even, uh, that was the Can I tell you what I thought was going to happen Tuesday? I thought he was going to get his foot stuck on the glue spot. And he was gonna like shred his knee again. That's what. That's what. That's what would happen because anything stupid. I'm pretty sure Valanciunas broke a record for a center in threes made against the Clippers earlier this year. I'm expecting that to be a repeat tonight or tomorrow night. Or it's, tonight. it's technically tonight, September night. But yeah. Uh, anyways, it was a big disappointment that I didn't get to watch my guy be the number one option all year. And it was, it was a lost season basically for this team. Now we're trying to pick up the scraps. This was a, this was a definite top six seed team before he got hurt easily. Mm -hmm. So for that to happen was a very frustrating thing. Just for me personally, if you take my personal input out of it, biggest disappointment, I'm pretty disappointed in the jazz. I don't understand how you have the roster they have there and how no one has gotten their star players in Gobert and Don. They, they don't like each other. Yeah. Yo Ingles is hurt, bro. They traded him. <laughs> like, and he's dirty, by the way. He's the reason we, we didn't talk about that. We talked Did about we talk about that in yeah. podcast before? Sure, Joe yeah. Ingles can go away. Him and Grayson Allen belong in the same category. Okay. Um, anyways... Uh, no, I just, I feel like Utah, you look at their roster and you're like, how is this team not good at basketball? And you're like, well, no, they're perfectly good. No, they were the one seed last year. They blew it to a team without its best player, my favorite team. And now they, they come this year and it's, okay, they had never blown a 25-point lead or 20, whatever, 25, 24, whatever, as a franchise. And then they did it in game six against the Clippers last year and got sent home because Terrence Mann had 41 points in corner threes. So then this year, they had never blown that same lead in the regular season. And they blew it to the Clippers in Paul George's first game back after missing the whole season. How does the yeah, – how, how are you this – and then they did it again a week later. Yeah, I think with the Jazz, it's almost like – it's sort of like Portland. Portland sort of ran its course, you know, and it was like they broke up almost two years too late to me. Like, 
clearly they, they CJ and Dame were not going to win a championship. But as good of players, mm-hmm. I just think they were too short. And it's the same yeah. with Utah. It's like it's almost like they it, it's sort of running its course where they're getting worse every year. And I think they're going to have to break it up. Um, and and it kind of goes along with the, the bringing back the Pelicans into this is. Um, because you, you mentioned the Pelicans might beat your team. Um, my biggest disappointment is the play-in games in the Western Conference. Okay, so the Eastern Conference did it right. Okay, like nine and ten. So their records, everybody that was in a play-in game or in the playoffs had a bi- above 500 record, right? The Pelicans and the Spurs won 36 games and 34 games, and they get an opportunity to make the playoffs. Yeah, I shouldn't be. Shouldn't I don't agree with that because it kind of diminishes the regular season a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. Like that, the fact that Mm -hmm. a a thirty-six win team might get a playoff spot over a forty-two win team is ridiculous to me. So I love the idea of the play-in, but I think they they have to work on it a little bit. I think there should be a winning threshold that you have to exceed in order to be part of the play-in. I, that's the way I feel about it. Yeah, it would be either there. You have to be at least 500 or within a certain amount of games of the the regular season eight seed. Yeah, that's fair. Like within like two or three games or whatever, not way off like the Pelicans are. Correct. That that's the way I feel. Good. As a fan of a team who could very well get knocked out by a complete loser this year, uh, it's our job to be in the top six and. As much as much as I agree with the fact that this team with a losing record shouldn't be there, if you don't want to get knocked out by a loser, win the game or be good enough to not have to be put in this spot. I don't disagree with you, Ryan, but it's just the I'm, fact I'm not... of the matter is it's more interesting, right? This is more interesting. Did you see that the, the Wolves-Clippers game was TNT's highest rated game since opening night for viewers this year? No, and, that, and that's the thing. It's like, but but at the same time, I do think like... But that was the 7 and 8 seed too. I'm, I'm yeah, just saying that the, the fact that there is a tournament and now if, hey, those teams, now it's the, it's the Clippers' job. Now they get a home game. They technically weren't supposed to win that game based off of the record and the favorite. The, the Wolves were favored to win that game the other night. Mm-hmm. The Clippers are favored to win this game. If you can't beat a loser like the Pelicans to make the playoffs, you shouldn't be there, and the, you don't belong. Like now, last well, year, last year where where Avery's team are you going to talk about that, Avery? Okay, last year Avery the the Grizzlies, not you guys knocked Steph Curry out, right? And people were like, well, that's not fair. They just played each other. I mean, sure, it's unfortunate that they just play each other and the Warriors won the regular season. Yeah, game. but okay, but, but if you don't want to be in that spot, this is, this is the difference. That, though the the Grizzlies were only one game back from Golden State, thirty nine, thirty eight wins. But they were, still, is, they were still losing records, right? Uh, no, because there was only seventy two games. Okay, so it was so, it was close to it. Though. Yeah, that, just, my my problem is is like you should have a winning threshold. Like otherwise, you're you're diminishing the regular season. What's the point of playing all the games then, uh, Avery? Does any of this really matter? Do we expect an eight seed or a nine seed no. or a ten seed or a seven seed? Oh, we're going to talk about that. Is Kawhi, is Kawhi coming back? Is Kawhi coming back? Because then, yes. <laughs> Does it matter, though? I mean, we expect, like, the Nets to give a good run to the Celtics. But they're a seven seed. They're supposed to be a seven seed. Like, we don't expect the eight seed to really ever give up a fight to the one seed. 
So what does it matter if I get entertainment value to see the 10 play the nine and then the winner of that game play the seven versus eight? It doesn't matter. And you're saying, well, be one of the top six. Well, be one of the top eight. It doesn't matter. Make the playoffs. Be one of the top eight. Yeah, I guess I'm, I'm okay with I'm, – I'm with you, Avery, except for the fact, like, if you have a losing – like, not not even a losing record. When you're six games back from the, the team that you're, you might eliminate and you have a losing record, I just feel like that I, – I think, like, people you, – you, the NBA has a problem. They can't get people to watch the regular season. It's because they – the regular season is very watered down right now is the reason why. So you're, you're watering it down even more by being like, Oh, you can be a 10th or ninth seed and still make the playoffs, even though you might only win 34 games. Is that really fair? I don't think so. I don't think there's anything that changes that though. You have three teams in each conference almost every single year that are the favorites, right? Mm-hmm. So, so having seen well, revenue for the teams that, that try they're just trying to go to an NCAA March Madness tournament to see if anybody can produce entertainment value. It doesn't matter. The, the difference with the idea was the reason why they put it in is there can be a guy who gets hurt and they, and they want like the Clippers are actually the team that fits it this year. But let's say for example, you know, Durant misses all the season and the, the nets hang on to the 10 seed. You know, then when he comes back, it's the idea that they want to get the star player in the playoffs. That's why it's there. It's it was not made for Zion. It's there for – they're trying to keep their stars in the playoffs, which – wouldn't the Clippers fall into that eight category even if – They weren't, they weren't, back? They weren't supposed to be. Like they, they still were. Right. I'm saying, they though, the idea – eight seed in a normal NBA playoff but, format, right? Right, but the the problem is right. So they they weren't supposed to do it. They exceeded expectations. They got that eight seed, but now they might be kicked out of the playoffs because. Sure. So the Pelicans the can go in there as the nine seed and be better than them. Well, what was it that? could be it just one be game. The Suns better than them. It could be just one game. That's my problem. Is like okay, so now you're you're banking this on one game from a thirty six win team. Are you kidding me? Like that's my problem. Right, that. but it doesn't matter because that team is going up against the number one seed. It doesn't matter. Well, the idea is that if there was a team that had injured players all year, now they have a chance because maybe their roster was good enough to be towards the top, but they had injuries. I don't, you're, you're preaching to the choir here. I, yeah, I, mean, I don't it sucks to suck. I mean, be better, right? It's be, they get, were get better good. though. That's my point. Get Go ahead, Gavin. No, they were, they were supposed to be the eight seed. The Clippers were the eight seed in a normal NBA playoff formatting. They were the eight seed. They would play the Suns. They'd probably lose them five, right? Not with Kawhi coming back next week. There's no reason to have this Pelican team anywhere close to playing in the playoffs. No. The That's my point that they beat the Clippers. They're going to get demolished by the Suns. There's no Correct. problem. We need to have this entertainment value. Oh, are you saying you don't want the plan? Game. That's exactly correct. Okay, I misunderstood what you were saying. I don't need it. Yeah, so you're I, saying I we don't need it. I didn't watch it. it. I didn't watch any of it. Go ahead, Gab, uh, Gavin. Go ahead, Clint. You're the seven seat. Uh, oh, sorry. I'm so offended right now. No. <laughs> I, I just, yeah. I, I just, <laughs> it's no, I, 12 o'clock. I think, I think I could live with it or without it. I think it does two things. Like you talked about, it backstopped the Lakers and the Warriors last year. 
Um, it backstopped the, you know, um, a couple other teams. I think the main purpose of it is so you get a team like the Pelicans making a trade for CJ McCollum to try to drum up some interest at the end of the year or a team like the Hornets so they can feel like, you know, they can get their participation trophy. Like, I, I, I agree with you. If you're going to do it, you probably shouldn't have 34 wins and then have a chance to get destroyed by the Suns. But I think the backstop is it's like a, another patchwork to try to put a Band-Aid on tanking because you got teams like the Kings made a stupid trade so that they could feel good and maybe we can get to 34 mm-hmm. wins and get in and the fans were excited for a couple of weeks. I, I, I think they're trying to make the last six weeks post all-star break semi-exciting for bad teams. Yeah. And like, so in the, it, it, so I agree with that. Uh, I, that's the point of it. But like, so in the Eastern conference, you, you had the seventh, eighth, ninth, and 10, 44, 44, 43, 43. And I agree with Avery. You might as well just get to the AC and then you end. But I can understand where they're like, hey, they were all a game apart for the sake of entertainment. Let's all have them play this little tournament. Where you lose me is where you have uh, 46. Like, think about it. The Timberwolves won 46 games this year. And if they would have lost to the Clippers and the Pelicans would have got, which they almost did lose to the Clippers, and then they would have lost to the Pelicans, a 46-win team wouldn't have got in the playoffs because a 36 win team needed that opportunity. And that just the fact that that could happen. No, thanks. Like, I don't want that. So there should be a winning threshold. If you're going to do this tournament, I'm with Avery. We don't really need it, but if you're going to do it, have a winning threshold. Well, I don't think that that team's going anywhere or any place anywhere. It doesn't matter. Like the Timberwolves are not going to win the NBA finals, right? At well, probably not, but the Nets could. Right, the next. So they have game. an easy. They have an easy first round series. The Timberwolves. Just- <laughs> <laughs> we should really move on. Just to devil's advocate, though, for one second before we move on. Yeah. Just saying, we said because the Pelicans don't have anyone really that great. No, I'm not saying that. What if? But what if say they're the the nine or ten that ended up with 36 wins or whatever was a team whose best players got injured like in the playoffs last year. They have nothing to play for the whole season while their guys get healthy. What if they do get healthy, get their way into the 10 seed, and you're like, well, that team only won 37 games this year. They don't deserve a chance for the play-in, even though they've been the best team. They don't. But well, well, hold on. They've been the best team in the league for like two months. Why do they they should their best players never had a, they should never came back then because they never would have had a chance to make the playoffs anyways. Like there is an opportunity there where it can add value and even add a better team in. There's a chance that it could happen is what I'm saying. Right. It's not always a team where it's like, wow, they've not been great all year. And there was a, you, what you're trying to do is keep the fans invested in their team. Why should they go to the games if they have no chance of making it this year? Like it gives them a reason to go. And, and it's, an, it's such an outside chance. Right. Like in reality, like what we're really arguing or not arguing, but we're really making claims over here is, Teams that are going to get slaughtered most likely by the one seed. So what does it really matter? Yeah, my, I, I had a couple playoffs. I mean, the season needs to matter in some right, way. Right, but and it does. Like the Clippers, okay? Think of the Clippers this year, right? There's no way they should be above 500 if you think of everything they went through. They're but above 500, so they should be rewarded for that. And their reward is they might be not have any playoffs. you can't beat a bad team when it matters, you don't deserve to be in the playoffs. I'm sorry. That's how I, I, I don't disagree with that. I don't think a saying. bad team should get, have that option to eliminate you. Well, if they're bad, we should be able to go, go ahead. Uh, Avery. 
Has the number eight seed ever won the NBA Finals? The Knicks made it to the Finals. No. Has a number seven seed ever won the NBA Finals? No. No. The only team that's won the NBA Finals as the lowest seed is the 94 Knicks. 95 Rockets. Rockets. They won it as a six seed. So why are we even talking about a 10 seed, a nine seed, an eight seed, a seven seed? They've done nothing. Because they could. No, they can't. Because they've proven for 82 games that no, they are no, not good enough. Listen to me, Avery. Avery, this is, Avery, this is not why. good enough to be there. So uh-huh. I don't need this entertainment value. I don't Avery. need this gimmick. Give me the one through six seed. If you're not seventh or better, get out of here, Avery. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Because just because it hasn't happened doesn't mean it won't. For example, Ryan Newman almost won the championship without winning a race. <laughs> Loyola Chicago almost won the NCAA finals, but they didn't. It doesn't matter. It could happen, and we really should change it so this this garbage can't happen. I like the satire. Here's the the thing. Just because they don't get in the finals doesn't mean that they can't be like an upset because the Mavs, when they were the one seed, the Warriors upset them as the eight seed, right? Yeah. That happens. Like, so it, it does matter, like, it, for the possibility of, like, upsets. You want the better teams in. So you have the entertainment value of, oh, my word, the number one seed could be upset in this case. So then leave it at eight. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you there. Uh, that, that's where I'm at. I'm Did at you guys you. know the I'm going to die on this hill. Did you guys know the Super Sonics have won a playoff series more recently than the Minnesota Timberwolves? Boom. <laughs> very random stack yeah let's move on guys um real quick 10 seconds or less uh western conference team that you're interested in their offseason let's start with you clint probably the blazers i mean yeah. i think the the lakers is they got to get rid of westbrook but i think it's the blazers if they're gonna go all in jeremy grant whatever they trade all their picks try to do something yeah i'm with you there i'm i got blazers chris Lakers, uh, will LeBron jump ship to the Cavaliers? Ooh, that of another team. Oh, I was thinking, would do you think like the Lakers would ever trade LeBron James for Zion Williamson? Yes, if he doesn't want to be there, if he didn't want to be there, would you? Yeah, and and picks obviously it wouldn't just be Zion. Yeah, okay. Uh, um, Le- sorry, LeBron would never agree to a trade in New Orleans, but there is a Yes, they would trade LeBron to someone LeBron would approve a trade to. Orlando. Orlando. <laughs> uh, Avery. I don't care about these bottom five teams. Just pass. Okay. <laughs> are, are the Clippers one that no. we have to see? <laughs> I, would say, I would say OKC. Yeah, I like that. I would say OKC. Yeah. They gave up on the season, so we don't actually know how good they could be. Yeah. Shea is awesome, and Giddy is ridiculous. Yeah, he's so. And and move Dort, come on Dort, yeah. I, I got Blazers. As well. that, that's my my surprise. Okay, let's get into this first series then. Uh, the first series, so again, least most interested and to the most interested for myself, the Mavs playing the Jazz. The Mavericks are fifteenth in offense and sixth in defense. I was surprised, but they are also thirtieth in pace, which I thought that was important to mention. So that's probably why they're so mid offensively, is because they don't like run up and down the court. Uh, the Jazz are first in offense. Did you guys know that? Offensive mm-hmm. rating? That's ridiculous. I don't know that. It's ninth in defense. They split the series 2-2. Uh, Luca is, sounds like he will miss the first game. 
and he's going to be he's uh, in a walking boot yeah he it sounds like he might be you know at least playing injured if he does come back hate to see it yeah so let's let's talk about the the this game um clint what do you what do you what are you looking forward or take away from this game or or what would you like to discuss well the jazz are just i would agree they are a disappointment um I was listening to a podcast with our good friend, Kevin O'Connor, and he was going on about how great Rudy Gobert is. And I, <laughs> on principle, I get it. Like Rudy Gobert is an awesome defender. My only beef with the whole Rudy Gobert thing is you can't pay a dude $35 million if he can't be on the court all the time. Right. Like he's a great defender, but if you were paying him Brooke Lopez money, awesome for 13 mm-hmm. million dollars a year you can be awesome and we can take you off the court and it doesn't make a difference but in mm-hmm. any case without luca i think unfortunately i think uh, the mavs might draw dead here just without luca i don't know what they're what they're going to do um and if he if, if he's really that bad and he's not going to play a couple games and then try to play like are you going to get good luca or 30 shot luca <laughs> and um not much to it and i you know, I mean, he, I know he's not a defender, but I thought that's what we get without Luca, Jalen Brunson time. That's what's up. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you though, Clint. I just don't know if this the Mavs are not built to win without Luca. They are built around Luca, and they're a really good team with Luca out there. Mm-hmm. I when I found out Luca might not play or play be playing hobble the entire time, it's like I trust. Uh, I don't trust, but I do trust at least Mitchell and, and, and go, go there to maybe win that series. So I personally have the jazz winning this series right now because of Lucas injury. Mm-hmm. And, uh, go ahead, Avery. Clint is a thousand percent right on Rudy Gobert. You can't pay him that kind of money and expect him to be on the floor for 40 minutes a game. Um, I believe in my preseason predictions, I said Donovan Mitchell would be an MVP caliber player, (laughs) which I was wrong about by a lot. Um, I will say, given his playoff performance last year, if he does the same thing, the Jazz are going to win this by a lot. He was so good in the playoffs last year. And if he can turn that dial up just a couple notches against a a Mavs team without Luka Doncic, it's not going to be close. I mean, Donovan Mitchell could be, could be a top seven player in the NBA. If -hmm. he can just turn that dial more and just continue to play at an extremely high level like he did last postseason, I just can see him being amazing. So I see the Jazz taking the series quick. Uh, How many games do you think? If Luka doesn't play games one and two, I see him taking it in five. Yeah, that's what I had too. Uh, And what do you got for us, Chris? Um, yeah, I don't have too much to add. I, I wasn't aware. I knew that he had hurt his calf. I didn't know. It is his calf, right? Or did Because why is he in a boot if it's his calf? Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess I don't know anything about anatomy then. But, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't see where Dallas gets any real scoring without him. Unless, like, Spencer Dinwiddie, you know, shows up big like he hasn't in a while. Um I was going to pick Utah anyways, but as it is, I'll I'll give Dallas a little bit of respect for their body of work, but I'll say Utah in five. Yeah. 
Uh, Clint, what do you got for uh, winning this series in games? Um, I'll go Jazz in seven. I think okay. Luca will come back and do it. Just, it's my lack of respect for the Jazz. If the Jazz lose this series, I know there's talk about um, blowing it up. But if they lose, if, if Luca doesn't play at all and they lose the series or if he only plays a few games, you know, it's all bets are off then with the Jazz. But I think they'll probably win it sooner than seven. I'll just give it seven because I think Luca will try to play through and the Jazz will blow a 35-point lead this time. And, you know, that's, everything, that's fair. everything will go to plan. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, Luke, what do you got for us? Um, I would personally like to see Spencer Dinwiddie's season just take over here. I think that would be great. So it would be the most Utah Jazz thing ever if – they lost a game while Luca was not playing and then he came <laughs> back and beat them. That would just be, that would be just peak Utah jazz. Mm-hmm. I think if Luca's out the whole series, I mean, it, this is a hard one, right? Because oh, you yeah. don't know. Yeah. So let's assume that he does not come back in time forever. I got the jazz. Yeah. But if Luca plays at least four or five games here, I think the Maverick, I was picking the Mavericks the whole time in the series. Yeah, I would have before. Yeah. So that's kind of a caveat. I don't know if you can like it's hard to choose health. Well, we'll you know, you don't know health, there, right? But, yeah. but but I don't have Utah winning anything on merit. Yeah. <laughs> so if, if they win by default, then sure. But well, how many games? It's all health related, right? If Luca's back by game two, I got the Mavs in six. Otherwise, I got Jazz in six. Okay. Okay. For right now, we'll just imagine Luca's out for a couple games because if he's in a walking booth, that doesn't sound great. So, um, anything else on this series? It would be so great if if the Mavericks were better without Luca. That would be so awesome. <laughs> well, remember we we were trying to stop Moran. Yeah, it would be so awesome if like they've been holding back. Yeah, you know, who's their who's their who doesn't go to go Vincent Hardaway. Well, you, who, who like is a ball hand where it doesn't play? Like, is Trey Burke still on the team? <laughs> like, I don't think so. I don't know. Okay, let's go to the next game, guys. Dallas is the yeah, fourth seed. I totally forgot that. That doesn't matter. Yeah. It, it, well, I just feel like if they don't have you, Luca, they're not the same team. I don't know. Okay, let's let's go to the next game, guys. Let's talk about the Warriors and the Nuggets first. Um, the Warriors fifty three and twenty nine. The Nuggets forty eight and thirty four. Any update on Seth Curry? I, uh, Stephen Curry. I, I thought I heard he would be available, right? Yeah, I'm watching uh, Sports Center. They're gonna. They're saying he's gonna go game one. Okay, perfect. They were seventeenth in offensive rating, first in defensive rating. That surprised me. Nuggets sixth in offensive rating and fifteenth in defensive rating. Uh, the Nuggets won the season series three one. That was another interesting thing, but it's not surprising because really if, if Draymond didn't play, there was no one that would be able to guard Jokic on that team. Um, but how are we feeling about this series? Maybe we can start with Avery. What do you think? I think even if Draymond is healthy, I still don't think that there's anybody on this team that can guard what Nikola Jokic does. He's going to win MVP. He's putting up ridiculous numbers, PER, stats, everything. He's so good. Um, I just think their games are polar opposite from playing outside the paint versus inside. Um, it, it's going to be super entertaining to see who comes out on top. I agree. I'm like, 
if Steph is Seth Curry is healthy, Steph, yeah, right Steph there. Curry, yeah, yeah. Steph exactly. Curry is healthy. Why do parents do that? By the way, can I just ask, like, why? If you Steph, call him Stephen, Stephen, it'll help you. Yeah. His name is Warnell, right? We don't do that. <laughs> don't do it. Uh, anyway, uh, Clay Thompson. Uh, you know, he's been a little better, but he's still not Clay Thompson. I'd feel more comfortable about the Warriors if they had, like, if James Wiseman, for instance, would have kind of, like, showed up this year and done something or, or something like that. But, yeah, I think you're right. It's going to be, like, the opposites. But the question really is, if, does Jokic have enough support to be able to beat the Warriors in a series with the way Jordan Poole is playing and, and, and the guys like that, like some of the backups? So that's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, anything else to add, guys, about this series? Uh, I just think it's I think it's how far Jokic can go. Yeah. I mean, yeah. how many games can he manhandle and put yeah. up 40 and 12 and 7 by himself? Now, was it last year when the refs like called early fouls on him? Or I'm thinking the year before. Do you, does anybody remember that? Like he'd have I've tried to balls. erase I've tried to erase the year before, Ryan. Okay. I think it was last year. <laughs> like it was like He'd have two fouls in the first quarters because the refs would like call everything on him. Anyway, okay, let's get into foul trouble himself. I mean, there was a game just a week ago where he had three fouls before the half. Yeah, he he can't be doing that. He also assaulted someone at midcourt, but no one cares because it was a Morris twin. (laughs) Good for him for doing that. That guy. (laughs) Okay, let's. This is probably the quickest discussion we had of a game so why don't we just pick while we got this uh clinton who do you got uh warriors and six warriors and six uh what about you avery i'm gonna take the nuggets in seven. Ooh, same seven same give me nuggets in seven will barton is good when will barton is good aaron gordon's been awesome uh, I will go with the uh, the conspiracy side of of me in this one, and the only reason I I, I think the bracket set up so that it, it'll make sure that it's uh, Warriors Suns in the, in the Western. But the Conference. NBA wouldn't live if their MVP got bounced in the first round. I I don't think they care about the Nuggets. They're just one of those games in in. Uh, Sacramento (laughs) in San Francisco Jokic is going to have two fouls in like four minutes and off the Warriors go yeah Cousins is going to go for 30 in game two (laughs) Fox legend what do you you got for us um yeah I'm going to say also Golden State six I mean Denver with their supporting cast as it is would be what a 30 win team like that's their ceiling without Jokic Mm-hmm. Um, is anyone going to step up to do anything? I mean, Luke said Aaron Gordon. He's fine. Michael Green. I know they like Bones Highland, um, but, I mean, come it, on. It's, it's the playoffs. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think Warriors in six. I just think too much firepower for Jokic to handle by himself. So I'm just – I'm going – Yeah, I mean, if it, was, if it was LeBron, you know, like – classic the first warriors cleveland finals where he was scoring 40 points a game and having like the greatest performance ever that would that he dragged out you know was it two wins out of that series i mean that's basically Jokic has to do lebron stuff to get two wins in my opinion i agree but yeah we'll see what do you got for us Luke? I, I mean if i'm actually like the warriors obviously have the higher ceiling right obviously of mm-hmm. these two teams 
I'm I'm going against everything I've ever felt about the regular season on this one. The Warriors have been pretty trash since the All Star break, just the entire time. They are not. Yeah. They're not a good. That's, team that's why I'm giving them. I'm putting in six. So I don't super yeah. trust Golden State. Like Steph is hobbled. Last time we saw hobbled Steph in the playoffs. I mean, like hobbled, hobbled Steph in the playoffs. I believe they lost after going seventy three and nine. <laughs> And, well, there was a, yeah, a lot right. That but I'm just saying, I'm just, I'm just saying, the way they guard him in the playoffs, yeah, is not going to be good for his shooting. I well, don't think the nice thing is they do have Jordan Poole. I don't trust Jordan well, Poole in games that matter. Also, has anyone looked at Gary Payton's like defensive stats? He's like the most unbelievable defensive player like in the league, like secretly. Yeah. Yes, he grabs them and they don't call fouls. Yes, I've seen oh, it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, if he's getting away with it, he might as well. like listen, that's why he's Patrick good. that's good. why Patrick Beverly has made a name for himself in the league. He can shove people's hips while they're dribbling the basketball mm-hmm. and not get called the ball. He usually got three fouls in the first quarter on the Clippers. He's gonna yeah. get fouled out every game in that series. Yeah. 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 Okay, guys ready to move on to the next one? Okay, so this is the number one seed Suns, 64 and 18. They were a terror this season. I'm sure Luke wants to talk about this. Clippers or Pelicans? So let's just get a consensus in the room. Um, uh, again, just by a show of hands. How many think it's going to be the Clippers? Okay, so we'll, yeah. I think it's going to be the Clippers as well, but we'll see. Uh, the Suns were fourth in offense, third in defense. The Clippers were 24th in offense, eight in defense. Pelicans, 19th offense, 20 in defense. The Clippers t- tied the season series two to two. The Pelicans um, were down, uh, lost the series, season series three and one. So the Suns won that against the Pelicans, if I'm making sense. Okay, guys. The, the real question is, um, what, what do you guys think? Do you think any, like, let's say if it is the Clippers, do you think the Clippers are going to challenge the Suns at all? I'll, I'll open it up to the first one that wants to go at it here. Go ahead, Clint. Um, unfortunately, probably not. If, if Kawhi was playing um, and healthy, like if he had some warm to get it, I think the Clippers would beat the Suns. Um, with barring Kawhi Leonard miraculously coming back 100% and busting all the rust off, I think the Clippers could get a game, maybe, you know, get into the, the Suns' head. Suns might get a little. The Suns are probably the perfect team that'll just show up overly cocky after two games and then boom, game three, suddenly it looks ugly and then they, they take it off. So, regardless if it was the, if it was the Pelicans, uh, Suns in four. If it's the Clippers, barring Kawhi Leonard not being able to do, you know, anything besides basics, Suns and five. Okay. Uh, go ahead, Avery. If I remember correctly, the Clippers gave the Suns a pretty good run last year without Kawhi. Now, I, I would think that the Suns have figured things out a little better and the Clippers still don't have Kawhi. Um, I would still give the series to the Suns and six. I can see the Clippers pulling away with a few of them, given Paul George coming back and seeming to be 90, 98% healthy. Right. Yeah, um, three balls back. Yeah. His three ball looks he, good. He looks good. And the Clippers are a good team and they can steal a few. I just don't see him winning four games against the Suns team, unfortunately. 
Um, but they can give them a run for their money. Okay, yeah. Uh, Chris, what do you got for us? Um, I think number one, the thing you have to look out for is, is Phoenix going to have bad karma because they cut Frank Kaminsky three days before the season ended? That's a fatal blunder. Um, he's the, he's he the blue guy. The that finals. He did. He had, a, he had a pretty nice game six, too, the 10 minutes he played off the bench. He had a good um, <laughs> No, Phoenix is a, clearly a better team. This is something I'm wondering about, um, especially with all the hype for Tyron Lue, who is a good coach. Um, I was baffled Tuesday night. Uh, Terrence Mann played – what do we got here? Terrence Mann played 15 minutes, and to me, it looked like he was just a maniac out there making plays. Um, I'm interrupting. It's unacceptable. 15 minutes? Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I'm going to even top that. Um, Marcus Morris played 30 minutes, and Terrence Mann played 15, which was coaching. Mal- it's unacceptable. And on top of that, Amir Coffey played six seconds. Um, didn't Amir Coffey have like a 40-point game like two or three weeks ago? No, it was like the game before this. Okay, all right. Okay, well, fair enough then. Um, six seconds. Reggie Jackson, I've never liked Reggie Jackson. He's the most boom or bust player in the NBA. Usually 75% of the time it's a bust. Um, truly baffling roster decision. So will Ty Lue put his head on straight and play like his freakish athletic good young players or will he play these dusty old veterans? Nicholas Batum, 28 minutes. Nicholas Batum, I, he's better than he was in Charlotte. I'll give him that. Nicholas Batum, we don't need to see him anymore. It's, he's done. Let's let's get some new blood. Um, so that's a big question for me as far as just being competitive in this series. Um, maybe if Phoenix has a weakness like their bench guards, I mean it's it's picking nits, but uh, Cameron Payne, Landry Shamet. They're fine. They're nothing too special. So maybe Clippers can outplay them a little bit as far as bench production, but kill him, Phoenix and- kill him. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I, I'm all fair stuff. All fair stuff. Ryan, would you like to talk, or do you want me to just start going? Just let, let, let me just jump in. Go ahead, go, ahead, go, ahead, go, ahead. go ahead. Real quick, what do you got it in? Um, Suns and Phoenix, and I'm gonna say. You know, Paul George is going to light up, light it up one game and steal a game. I'm still going to say Phoenix and five. I'll take it. Thanks, Chris. Yeah. Give us a game. I appreciate yeah. it. So, so <laughs> interesting enough. Um, so last year they didn't have Norman Powell. I'm a big Norman Powell fan. I think that was a, a steal yeah. of a trade um, real quick. I just want to add Thanks that. Portland for being dumb. Yeah. And so <laughs> the real question is, is really like, did Ty Lu want Phoenix. The way he closed the last six minutes, me and Luke were talking about this. Uh, it almost is like let's let's go to Phoenix, and here and, and here's why. Okay, so last season the the Western Conference Finals. So they only had Paul George, right? They only had Paul George. The average win the Clippers had. Does anybody know when, when they won two games? The average points. They won two games, 14 points per victory. And both games were 14 points, by the way. They beat the, the Suns by 14 points both games. Other than the 27-point victory at the end of the series, when clearly 
the Clippers only having to play every other night for the entire playoffs except the first two games. They're out to get us. Yeah, they, they the scheduling wasn't fair. If you go back and look at it, it was kind of ridiculous. It wasn't at all. I the Bucks got more games off between games. They've been sitting for two weeks, and they got more. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, the average wins the Suns by points, three points in their other three victories. They only won by a total of three points, and this includes that .4 second dunk. That if DeMarcus Cousins is standing in the right spot, Phoenix don't win that game. My point is, I think people are going to be surprised of how close this series is. That's what I'm going to say. I think a lot of people are underrating it. Like, I think one podcast said, oh, yeah, the Clippers didn't really put up a challenge last year. I'm like, well, but you, you didn't watch the games then if you really think that. Because they actually did real good. I trust Ty Lue. I think Ty Lue will play in the guys who who – um, deserve to play and give them the best chance to win. I think it could be like they're down 0-2, right? And then he makes all the adjustments he needs, which could be late. I think I'm going to go Suns in six, but I think it's going to be a competitive six. I, that's all I wanted to point out is the Clippers play the Suns real good. And they even split the series this year. And Paul George only played 30 games. Go ahead, Avery. Are you insinuating that Paul George didn't want to get clamped up by Kyle Anderson as the seven seed? Well, I think I think I have um, something to say on this. If you want to keep talking, about. I'm just saying I have many things. Okay, to say Okay, okay, real this. quick. I know you do. I know you do. So many things to say about Memphis again. Right. I, I think one thing I noticed, and I Luke was sort of right about this, is for some reason they don't play Terrence Mann like they should. So like they struggle with athletic guards and. John Morant is the best athletic guard in the league right now. So I think that, and I think they look at the Suns and be like, Hey, if last year, if we would have played them, right, we would have, we would have, we could have won that series. Like legitimately, I think they think that. So may like, I agree with Chris Ty Lue, the last six minutes of that game coached an awful game. It almost makes me wonder if it was like, <laughs> this is what we want. Oh, did you have something to add by the way, Chris? Um, No, I guess just, no disrespect to Paul George, but being if he's not 100%, I think there's an argument that Phoenix has the three best players in the series. But I would say Aiton at 100% is at this point maybe better than George. I think okay, that's debatable. That's I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if I'm, yeah. I'm, not right. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just saying it's debatable. Off. Take him off. I don't want him on anymore. <laughs> at the very least, Paul and Booker are better than him right now. So – yeah right right now i would say i would agree with that like just booker's like has a great season but anyway anything else to add guys before we let luke take the floor for about two and a half minutes probably a little oh, time. But I, I'm gonna, go ahead Clint. i'll give you i'll give paul george my credit though i would say he's probably the second best player in the series um I look forward to Paul George putting up like 30 points a game on Mikel Bridges, but yeah, we can keep hearing how Mikel Bridges is this awesome defender while Chris Middleton lit him up like a Christmas tree for six games in the NBA finals. <laughs> so I look forward to Paul George having some good games. And then we just have to continue to hear that Mikel Bridges is this amazing player. That's my Paul George credit. I'm not a big Paul George fan. I think he's a fine player. I, I, I would take him over Chris Paul. I think Chris Paul is a, a team player, but as a solo player, I'm I'm not a Chris Paul sure. fan. But oh, also, no, real quick, 
just as a source of trivia, they know that Cam Johnson shot 43% on threes this year. I, I don't know where he was in the league rankings, but it was just about near the top. Somewhere behind Luke Kennard, who led the league in three-point shooting. That's right. Oh, you you got me there. You got me there. Go ahead, Luke. What do you got for us in this series? Who do you got to win? Paul George is better than Devin Booker at basketball. Well, I I agree. End of discussion. Now, the thing is, he's not – He's not. we're saying he didn't have the season that Booker had. Correct. He didn't get to play. So, if we recall, before he screwed his elbow up, Paul George was in the MVP running early. We're going way, way back. <laughs> DeRozan, Giannis, <laughs> Paul George. Remember, like, the first month of the season? No, I remember. <laughs> and that was about it. That was about all she wrote. Um, Booker's awesome. There's no denying that. He was great this year. So, here's the issue. <laughs> what team has ever not played together as a season and then showed up in the playoffs and looked good? Has that yeah. ever happened? That was the other thing I noticed. I don't think game. it's ever happened. So what was missing on this last game against Minnesota was that the offense looked awful. There was no one knew where to be. It's like they all don't. Now that Paul George is back, they know how to run that high screen with him. But then when it comes to running any sort of motion, they are just standing there like, oh, do I cut there? Oh, maybe I should know. And it's just we end up having Reggie Jackson fire a three in the fourth quarter. One for six with three turnovers in the fourth quarter for Reggie Jackson the other night, by the way. That was great. That was nice. You'd think down the stretch you'd want to get your best player the ball. They couldn't even get Paul George the ball isoed on the side of the floor. They were taking that away, and it was like, oh, well, Norm Powell doesn't know where – he's not out there. Yeah, so can I add something to that? Please go right. Yeah, so uh, with the Reggie Jackson thing, and this is where I'm with you because I, I watched him in Detroit for many years, okay? So I got the Reggie Jackson experience full. He's a good six-man. He should be the guy mm-hmm. that if he's on fire, you let him cook. And if he's not, you have Norman Powell out there mm-hmm. who is actually a pretty solid playmaker himself. And that's what I didn't understand about, you know, the other night is why is Norman Powell not out there instead of Reggie Jackson? Okay, go ahead. Okay. So the big issue is if you remember playoff Reggie last year, playoff Reggie was like the number one, one on one on one score in, in all the playoffs. It's not the playoffs yet. Don't we need to not give him the ball. The play in is not the playoffs. He can't be out there. It's, it's just not the same player. Um, so it was all very unfortunate. Here's the thing. We don't match up against Memphis. Yeah. Paul George was healthy this year against Memphis, and they killed us. It was a, <laughs> Avery's got it, but two of those were without Paul George, I believe. But the uh, two that were without John Morant as well. There you go. They slaughtered us. <laughs> we had nothing for them. The offensive rebounds in those games – uh, just te- egregious, terrible. About forty-one points in the first game, and you lost by like twenty. Very rough. PG scoring forty, and we had no ch- no. Ch- ugh, I remember it was not good. It was, all- and then we played it again. I was like, oh, we'll get the next one. We'll play them back to back. No, PG they put up twenty-three. Moran had twenty-eight. It was terrible again. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was it was bad both times. So. I don't think we ever wanted to play Memphis. I agree with that. I don't think that was ever. Wants to play Memphis. (laughs) I I think that was somewhat intentional down the stretch. It felt like once Carl Anthony Towns was in foul trouble, that then it should have, in theory, made it a lot easier. Instead, it somehow made it harder. Not talking about on defense. I'm talking about on offense. That should have made it easier for us on offense. And it didn't which goes against everything they say about Ty Lue. And it, I've seen with Ty Lue where, oh, he makes in-game adjustments. He does this, he does it. None of that. So 
part of me thinks he wanted the Suns. We match up against Phoenix very well. All of a sudden, Marcus Morris, who can't guard anyone on Memphis, like he's he can't guard anyone on Memphis, other than maybe Kyle Anderson. That's about it. Uh, all, now he <laughs> too small. <laughs> Correct. No, no, slow mo. His name oh, is slow. Slow. Okay. I heard slow. I heard too slow. And I like, yeah. Um. Anyways, <laughs> we match up against Phoenix pretty decent. Paul George looks good to me. Yeah, he looks fine. Now, what's odd is his two-point percentage is trash since he came back, which is concerning because that's almost like he's avoiding contact down at the rim, which would, if he's not 100% Booker, is much better. Yes. <laughs> so, so we need him to be whatever. The thing is, with Norman Powell and Terrence Mann and Paul George and Nicholas Batum, and then you can kind of the other one, depending on who they have on the floor, yeah. Reggie Jackson, whoever we need it to be. I actually like our Covington. defense, Covington. Covington's the guy missing. Covington. I actually like our defensive team much better this year than last year when we took them to six. Their team, I don't think, is really any different than what they had yeah, last year. They have they actually have a legitimate backup center, which I think is big, but I'm with you. It's not like super different. I don't think it's much different of yeah. a team. They have a year of experience under their belt, mm-hmm. but I think we have a better team than we had last year. Yeah. Now we're looking at the Clippers as a play-in team, but before all those injuries, we were three, four, mm-hmm. somewhere in there. We actually should be much closer to them. This isn't the shellacking it could be, I guess. Yeah. Kawhi is playing three on three. So why is he playing three on three if he's not intending on playing, right? Yeah, unless if he thinks yeah, because he would it would have to be this series because like I think Clint's right. If if Kawhi doesn't come back, I just don't see how we're not winning without him. Why is he playing? Why does Kawhi do anything? His mind is an enigma that no human can understand. That's true. That's true. Could be true. So now that I bored you all with my Clippers talk. Does, does any part of my brain look at this? No, we could lose to the flipping what's their names tomorrow night. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. So, all this talk in the Pelicans. So, so no. <laughs> but, but if we get the Suns, mm-hmm. I seriously think we can beat them. I, I do too. I don't think it's that, I seriously but, think yeah. we can beat them. I don't think we can beat Memphis. <laughs> we need someone to take Memphis out. <laughs> well, we'll talk about that next. Yeah. Go ahead, Chris. No, I just had a question. I guess maybe I wasn't paying enough close enough attention, but with uh, the game Tuesday night, was Paul George guarding Anthony Edwards, or was someone else? That was someone else's assignment. So here's the problem: when you look at the Clippers roster and you're looking at who should be guarding Anthony Edwards, we have Covington who's got traded, Norm Powell who's awesome, Terrence Mann who blocked him at the rim. Uh, you know. We, or maybe that was D'Angelo Russell. Anyways, it's the fact that he can. But like, we have all these guys, and yet at the end of the game down the stretch, Marcus Morris was guarding their best player up top. And you're like, why? Again, this is this is one of those where I'm, I'm talking to Ryan, I'm like, I don't have an explanation for this other than we didn't want to win. That's the yeah, only thing I can possibly think of. And the other just, thing is we, we have yeah. all of these – wing players that play defense and yet they were just out of gas they were like their energy if you go back and watch the miss three at the end paul george couldn't get to the rebound because he was dead he tried and like his legs like he was giving out as he was trying to get to the ball it was a loose ball 
And then they made a three off of it or jumped. They, they scored off of it. And so I'm like, well, you here you have a guy who's known for being an awesome coach and getting this team with a bunch of scrubs, basically, into a winning record this year. And yet he doesn't even try to make the right subs that they down the stretch. It doesn't make sense. So I'm hoping that we have a master plan here. We did just murder the Pelicans last week. It was 97 to 75 when I turned it off. It was, it was an absolute shellacking. Valachunas couldn't even move. Like Carl Anthony Towns couldn't move the other day or the other night. So I don't know. I don't know. Any, it's the, anyone can win one game. But I do think that we present a, a reasonable matchup problem for the Suns because we have all these wings. Yeah. We have all these wing guys, Norm Powell, Covington, Terrence Mann, Paul George, Nicholas Batum as a five. He can play the five. And then we can switch every screen. And Aiton doesn't go down low like a bit, like he's more of a, a shooter. So you can kind of guard him out there. We match up pretty, like Morris can guard him. Like we actually match up really well against Phoenix. And that's why we could have beaten them last year. Like right. it was, a, it was an option. We even had a chance, which you wouldn't think we should without Kawhi. But if Kawhi comes back, I think we're better than them. That's how I honestly feel that way. But Kawhi's like the only person in the NBA. Well, I guess one of the few people in the NBA that I feel like that could, because he's a robot. Like if he comes back, he'll be able to play like 32 minutes, no problem. You know what I'm saying? Like, and he'll be the same guy because he's so cerebral in his movements. And he's so, so I think, I think that'd be okay. Um, But yeah, if go ahead, go ahead, Clint. Yeah. No, I, I, I picked the Suns in five, not because I don't think the Clippers can win. I just think the Suns are, they have that. I'm on a mission from God mentality going right now, (laughs) but I do think if the Clippers play it smart and they go with Batum at the five or they play small, I mean, if you're going to, if you're going to relegate the Suns to throwing it to Deandre Ayton so he can take his, and he's good at it, his little 10 foot push shot, like go ahead. (laughs) You know, I think sometimes teams overthink it and they're like, we don't want to let, DeAndre Ayton can get 30, but you're like, if DeAndre Ayton is their main hub of the offense um, for most of the game and Devin Booker is not, you know, flying off screens and Chris Paul's not doing his stupid rip through mid-range jump shots, like I think you're better off. And that's why I think the Clippers, um, if put together, if they have enough continuity from all the injuries and mashing all these together, I do think they can uh, match up well with the Suns and give them a series. I just don't know if they can, um, like you were saying, Paul George was tired at the end of that game. He's probably going to have to play a lot Friday. Then they're going to turn around and have to play Sunday in four games inside of a week. So I, th- that's the the part I worry about with the Sun, with the Clippers being able to um, withstand that. And the Suns basically have had two weeks off of, <laughs> of doing nothing besides trying to get in shape. Yeah, Avery, you got some. Is Chris Paul 100% healthy? He never is. Well, I expect him to get injured in the playoffs at some point, but yeah, <laughs> what Ryan said. All right, but he's been dealing with like a hand injury, hasn't he? He that was his that. excuse in the finals last That was year last, last year. He had a broken, no, he missed he had a broken hand until he, he had 40. He, he came back like two weeks ago from it. He had a broken thumb. Okay. And oh. he's been fine since. Yeah. I think he had a game where he had like 14. Yeah. I mean, as you said, Clint, the Clippers are going against a scheduling mishap part of their own error just by the play-in tournament and being the seeding that they are. 
But like you said, they're going to have to play four games in a week and then continue on to try and beat the number one seed in four games. It just it stacks against them in every way. Yeah. It sucks. I guess I, just, I, I agree 100% with that. I guess I just don't look at the seeding, though. I just think of how this was a team. It's basically the same team we just played in the Western Conference Finals. And now we haven't had our team all year. Yeah. And so now that we got our team back, I think we now that was our second game. I think that was the seventh game since Paul George went back. We're five and two since he went back. And one of those was an overtime game in which he wasn't allowed to play with the minute restriction in overtime. Yeah. So he very well could have been that could have been our first loss since Paul George came back last night. If he got to play overtime, we might have won that one. Yeah. So and we had a 10 point lead in the fourth quarter and then Ty Lue threw the game. So you could argue we're, we're playing just as good as anyone since Paul George came back. It's just, you know, you look at the seating, you see one versus eight, and then you look at the scheduling, and we're kind of screwed there. And it's like, well, we have a lot of things going against us. However, I just, I like how we match up against this team in particular. Yeah. And, and so, to, just to add, like, Chris went over all the minutes. Like, if Terrence Mann and Norman Powell and Luke Kennard didn't play the other night, and yeah. he will play, um, I imagine that they'll disperse the minutes a little better than that. I'm, I'm trusting Ty Lu here because he's always been a coach who makes adjustments just one weird game. And that's why I'm kind of leaning towards like, did they do it on purpose? Did they want the Suns? And I also think we always should be afraid or concerned or skeptical of the team. The one team that takes the regular season more seriously than all the other teams. Like the Bucks were that team for a little bit, right? Like they were that team that was pushing. Toronto Raptors were the team that did that, right? Like they pushed for that number, and everyone's like, "Oh, this is the year." And then it's Spurs like, back in the day. Yeah, they lost the next last year. Yeah, yeah. So you just, I mean, like I think we we learn every single year that the regular season means less and less, and these teams, like we talked about the 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 Bucks cakewalking the entire season, playing seventy five. Like teams do that now, so like. If you have one team that's on a mission, their their numbers are going to be inflated because the other teams aren't viewing the season like they are. So this might be that case where you look at it and be like, are, are we surprised the Suns don't make the finals because they just took the regular season seri- more serious than anyone else? Could be a case. I'm, I'm not saying that is, no. but that could possibly be. I'm just case. saying the one versus eight is never actually interesting or really has a ch- like. It doesn't really. like. Right. This is probably it's a Western conference finals rematch. And now the Clippers have the same team plus Norman Powell and Robert Covington. Right. Yeah. Which no Patrick Beverly though. He got three fouls in the first quarter of yeah, every he game. Broke, <laughs> he broke Devin Booker's nose. And I think that was a big deal. Um, so you have the Suns. I'm assuming though, like as of right now in six or seven, or are you going to go? Can, can I go? Can I, I'm just, can I just read 100% Homer? Yeah, you can do whatever you want. I'm going. I'm going Clippers in six with Kawhi coming back in Game Three. Okay, Clippers. but we we know what I want to have happen. I want Ty Wu to to. I want the Clippers to obviously win tomorrow, hopefully, and then I want the starting lineups to come out on Sunday for Game One, and I want it to be just a standard five, and then I want Kawhi to sub in at the first dead ball. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what I want to have happen. It'd be great. I don't think it's going to happen, but it would be so awesome. That would be great. Anyways, I thought thought you were going to say, I hope for game one, they just start all of their bench players and be like, we'll just rest up for game two. (laughs) Forget about it. I I would like to point out, I feel like I'd be remiss, I have to say, that playoff P, Paul George last year, was number one in almost every statistical category for minutes played, 
points, assist, like he was top three in assists and rebounds. I was in all of these things. And he was the only guy in the playoffs to score 20 points at least in every single game, which was 19 games. Yeah. So he had a reputation before last season as a guy who doesn't show up in the playoffs. And now that you don't hear that this year because you can't, doesn't make any sense based off last year. So I'm really hoping he was two for 12 the other night. And then he went eight for 12 in the second half. So we'll, we'll see. The three looks good. Yeah. Okay. Anything else on the series guys? Sorry, I didn't shut up. I apologize. Yeah, no, that's okay. This was your team. We got to talk about the Bulls and the the Bucks for 45 minutes, so we're, we're good. <laughs> okay, let's go into Avery's team. So, Avery, get ready because I'm going to start you off here. So, the Memphis Grizzlies were 56 and 26. They were the second seed. The Timberwolves, 46 and 36. Both these teams had incredible seasons for what we thought at the beginning of the season. Memphis is fifth in offense, fourth in defense. The Wolves are eight in offense and 13th in defense, and the series season series was tied 2-2. Two, two. How are you feeling about this series, Avery? I feel good. Um, John Morant is healthy. Everybody on the team is healthy. Our seven- or eight-man rotation come playoff time is way better than what the Timberwolves have to bring to the table. Um, I think it comes down – I wrote on my X Factor. I've got my notes here. Um, I crossed out a couple things. So I had Ant versus Ja. I had the bigs, I had Carl Anthony Towns, but really I think it comes down to what Anthony Edwards can do versus John Moran, because those are the two electric players in the series, right? Yeah, it's going to be so John Morant, who leads the NBA in, in points in the paint. You got Anthony Edwards, who seems to be one of the hottest young players in the NBA, but around them, what do you have? Yeah. You got Jaron Jackson Jr., who could be defensive player of the year, probably won't be. He leads the NBA in blocks. Um, Tyus Jones coming off the bench leads the NBA in turnovers to assists ratio. It's like 14 to one. He's like one of the best point guards coming off the bench. Their rotation is just so elite that I don't see anybody slowing them down. Hmm. Yeah, I think this is a fun series. I had this as like my favorite in the West just because it's well, you mentioned it, Avery. You got Morant versus Edwards. You have J, Triple J against Carl Anthony Towns. You got Russell against, you know, maybe, you know, Dylan Brooks or whoever it might be, uh, or Bain, right? Like Bain's a, yeah, he's, he's just can catch fire. Um, my X factor is Patrick Beverly. Uh, do not hurt John Morant, please. Like, I get that you're going to do everything you can to win. And I, like, I risk, it's hard because you sort of like respect what he has done in the league, but you also like wish he didn't do the dirty things. And, and so just don't hurt John Morant. That's all I ask. That's my X factor Beverly, because he has that potential of injury Morant. And I'm worried about that a little anybody bit. Anybody on the team. Yeah. Yeah. But he's going to guard Morant. Like he, they're just going to put him on Morant and that guy's just going to be all over him. Um, let's see here. What, what, what about you, Clint? What are you thinking of this game? Yeah, I, I don't think the Timberwolves have uh, much of a shot. I mean, I think they'll get a game, maybe two, only because I think home court is going to be crazy. I mean, Memphis is going to be crazy for game one. And I'm going back to Minnesota, it's going to be insane for them. I mean, especially if they happen to get one in Memphis, I don't think they will. But I could see them winning a game three and then um, Memphis finishing them off from there. I, I think it does come down to... Patrick Beverly, are they going to let him push on the hip, pull, tug, 
foul 74 times, but only call three of them. Th- that could put a little uh, monkey wrench in for Memphis. And, and the only, um, the line, it actually works up good because they got the two seed. But uh, I think if it, I was looking it up, if you hard trap double John Morant, they only average 0.8 points per possession, which is towards the bottom of the league. It's like their one weakness is if they, they hard double on those screens, but I don't think Minnesota has the uh, overall team defense to implement that in this game. So I, I just don't think Memphis, Memphis, I don't think Minnesota has the uh, firepower in the end to overcome um, Memphis's interior defense and just all their athletic guards. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Uh, Avery. John Morant is too quick for anybody on that team, unless Anthony Edwards is guarding him, which it's still a mismatch there anyway. Yeah, yeah that's why I think if they're going to do like the uh, the Drew Holiday, like if Patrick Beverly is going to try to pick him up in the backcourt and they're going to let him get away with the, the touching, the pushing, and just take an extra few seconds off the shot clock. If they don't do that, you're right. He's just going to blow right past them. Now, I will say that the Grizzlies are the third youngest team in the NBA. So there is something to be said about playoff experience, but Minnesota has zero playoff experience themselves. They don't have it either. Yeah. I think it's kind of even chemistry. They've got the chemistry together. Whereas I don't trust Minnesota's chemistry or their rotation. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Uh, Chris, what do you got for us? Um, I agree with everything that's been said so far. I think as far as Beverly on jaw, I think half of Beverly's game is just chirping in people's ear and getting them irritated and getting them thrown off their game. And I think jaw is way too chill and cool to get rattled by Beverly. Um, so I don't really see that being too much of a problem for him. Um, I also agree why I think this series will be a little back and forth just because what Avery said, the playoff experience, both teams are just too new to the whole deal. There, there'll be weird stuff that's going to happen. Um, my big thing, I guess, with this series, this is going to be my Carl Anthony Towns rant minute, but like what in the world is this guy doing? Um, truly an all time stink bomb Tuesday night from him. Um, I thought Beverly would have, he talked a lot going into the season, like he's got basically the eye of the tiger now. And I thought Beverly either through influence or being a mentor would have like installed some sort of dog in him. And he's just so soft. Um, I thought it was kind of concerning that he's been in the league for seven years and he just completely wilts in the spotlight yet. And Edwards is playing in the biggest game of his career. And Edwards had absolutely no fear at all. It was like, screw this. I'm going to win this game. Get out of my way. Mm -hmm. Um, Which, you know, good for him, obviously, but it should be Carl Anthony Towns' team. And he just isn't that guy. Um, The fifth follow that he had where he shoved, he straight up, it went beyond a chicken wing into just a straight up shove. And then he charged and bowled the guy over was maybe the single funniest fall I've ever seen in a basketball game. Um, so, yeah, I just don't know what's going on there. I think he got locked up by Zubach. <laughs> He's going to get locked up by Steven Adams in this series. So I guess that's kind of my X factor is like, is he going to, what's he going to bring? Because I don't think it's going to be much based on what we've seen. Yeah, I, I 100% agree, and the team was almost it, – it, maybe it was, you know, 
let, let's be fair to the Timberwolves. They played amazing, and the team was almost mm-hmm. better without him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not Reed was better. Yeah, yeah, everybody got for us. No, I think it's funny you bring up the chirping from uh, Patrick Beverly. I remember earlier in the year when the Grizzlies were playing the Lakers, and Desmond Bain was getting in LeBron James' ear, and they were going mm-hmm. at it. Like, they had four mm-hmm. possessions in a row where they were trading baskets. And this is mm-hmm. 23-year-old Desmond Bain uh, going going against the second-best player in NBA history in LeBron yeah. James. And they're just mouthing off at each other. Like, yeah. this young Grizzlies team has zero fear. They do not care who you are. They're going to destroy you. They're going to take your soul. Like, they don't care who Patrick Beverly is. As long as he, does, as he doesn't hurt anybody. On You're right. Team. That's the concern right now. Go, <laughs> go ahead, Luke. Go ahead, Luke. Dylan Brooks is a, an extremely good defender and a good basketball player. He has the most irrational confidence of anyone in the league. Yeah. You like, love to see it. Like, he – and even, if some of the stuff he says is not even – like, they – he guarded Paul George, and he – after the game, the Grizzlies the won easily. And after the game, he talked about how Paul George needed screens to even get open or whatever. And then they went and showed all the shots. And Paul George took 16 shots with him guarding him, and he was 8 for 16 on those shots. Didn't get a screen on any of them. But on one of them, he got a screen off of a guy shot. Dylan Brooks does not care. Dylan Brooks is going to say whatever he wants <laughs> because he plays with irrational confidence. And I kind of like that. I like that. You know, it's like, you know what? I don't care. Yes, Avery? Uh, Take the L, I believe, is what he would say. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, it doesn't matter that nothing he said was even true after the game. He believes it. And there's something to be said for that. Like, you know, you got your own little group. You don't care what's in the media. Yeah, go ahead, Chris. My last thought on Carl Anthony Towns is I've been irritated ever since the All-Star break when he won the three-point contest. And I don't know if it was the TNT thing or if it was something Minnesota tried to get into the culture, but they're like, he's the best big man shooter ever. And it, it just keeps getting said over and over and over again, which like, okay, he shot 41% from threes. He's a good shooter. I'm not going to take that away from him. But he won the most points in an exhibition shooting contest, and now he's just declared that he's better than like Dirk Nowitzki or whatever. I think it's ridiculous. And to see him clunk bricks over and over and over again was kind of satisfying to hopefully kill that narrative. Justice, justice. Uh, go ahead, Clint. Yeah, I mean, the only the only hope, I think, Carl Anthony Towns struggled against the Clippers. They went small on him. He can't go left. So they played his right hand. He, At least the beginning of this series, he might have a, a better chance if his if his greatest shot of all time is on i mean steven adams is not a you don't want steven adams coming out to cover no. him so if that's the mm-hmm. initial matchup i'm sure the i'm sure memphis would eventually adjust and just put jaron jackson on him but i don't know if they'll start like that i think any series memphis is probably going to start their standard lineup and uh, go with that as long as they can so he, i mean towns might get off in the first game hit a few shots you know, get Steven Adams out. I doubt it. So um, (laughs) from that aspect, I think that could be, you know, the initial, he looks good for one game and then Memphis goes, all right, we'll just put Jaron Jackson on him and that'll be that. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. I just love all the matchups. I just think like it's, it's, this is going to be a fun series. And the, the fact that they're both young and Edwards, by the way, he's a huge dude. 
like for his size, he's like what two forty. I, 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 the layup he hit, it wasn't like over Paul George, but Paul George was there to try to block him, and like Paul George could not. He had to kind of like he get out like, of the way. He went like two feet higher. It was unbelievable. Yeah, and then like he's just two hundred and forty pounds of body. So yeah, it's gonna be a fun series. Um, go ahead, Luke. So when the Timberwolves won that game the other night on inside the NBA afterwards, they were talking about it and Charles Barkley and Shaq, you weren't any weird times really, both picked the Timberwolves to beat the Grizzlies. Really? Uh-huh. Okay, well and, and they're using they're using D'Angelo Russell mm. as the reason behind that. Okay. So D'Angelo Russell played one good basketball game. <laughs> and they're like, man. What is Memphis going to do? <laughs> I don't. Whatever they're paid. They're yeah. paid to talk this stuff up. You know what I'm Memphis saying? has like four guards better than D'Angelo. I mean, what it is, what it is. Yeah. But um, the the thing that I think is, I guess, interesting is they they talk about these playoff matchups and how how so and so matches up against. When it comes down to it, Memphis's entire season has been Morant and all these guys, basically a they didn't think that we would be here situation. Minnesota just acted like they won the championship. <laughs> <laughs> so so Memphis still has that chip on yeah. their shoulder. Like, you know, they they're still writing us off. And here's another example of them getting written off again by a couple guys on national television. They're definitely they're they're aware of that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the entire if you watched any of that post game, it literally they were Patrick Beverly and someone else, they were up on the table like Michael Jordan celebrating in the United Center yeah. to win the champ. It was that was their NBA championship. There's no way. There's no way they'll go from that. As soon as the as soon as things start to go wrong, they'll be like, you know what? We got here. <laughs> you know, I love I love that point so much. I I, I went Memphis now in five. <laughs> like, I, like, I had them in six. I'm like, wait, no, that's a great point. Uh, I'm gonna go Memphis in five. What do you got? I got Memphis in five. Okay. What about you, Avery? I feel really confident in Memphis, but I see the Timberwolves stealing a game or two. I got the Grizzlies in six. Okay. See, I almost won with that. It sounds like an oxymoron to be that confident in them and then have them in six, but I just see Anthony Edwards going off for a game. or Basketball's like that, too. Yeah, the Grizzlies can – I mean, they rely on the three-point shot a lot and transition buckets, and they may not get it in a game. Yeah. Do you guys remember that the Heat won two games in the bubble against the Lakers in the finals, and yet they lost by, like, 30 in the other ones? Like, it's – you can win a couple games. They never even in that series and went to six. So, like, that, it can happen. Uh, Chris, I didn't get the – you got Memphis, but in how many? Yeah, Memphis in six. Yeah, just like I said, I think just the inexperience with obviously Minnesota's experience, inexperienced as well, but it's a bunch of guys playing in their first playoff game, so weird things are going to happen. So Memphis is a much better team, but Memphis in six. Um, I, I, uh, yeah, I went with five. I, I agree with Luke's point. I thought that was a really good point about how they, they treated it like it was their Super Bowl, so to speak. Like, and so, yeah. Uh, but let me tell you what Travis has. He did text me. So he has son is going to sweep whoever they play. So just so you know, Travis, so you'll have to text him. Well, it's it's the Pelicans. It probably is the Pelicans <laughs> because that's what would be the worst for me. So he has Grizz in five, 
Golden State in four. But at least Leclerc is awesome. And you Ferrari said Alice, I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to get the podcast over with. Okay, we got to stop that. <laughs> my F1. Uh, Dallas in five. He has Dallas versus Grizzlies in the Western Conference title. He must not know Lucas injured. And yeah. then he has Dallas winning, uh, going to the finals. So, what a buffoon. I know, I know. I should text this, him. This is, this is related to this. Let's yeah. all call him at the same time. This, see if this is related to this kind of. Chris, do you remember that you were on the Grizzlies hype train with me back in like 2011? Do you remember this with OJ Mayo? OJ Mayo. Memory of that. So, so Rudy got hurt because Evan Turner tore Rudy Rudy Gay's shoulder, and Memphis was my team back then. And so Mm -hmm. they made the playoffs with Zach Randolph, Marcus All, Tony Allen, Mm -hmm. and OJ Mayo. Mm -hmm. And Chris was my guy. He was texting me every game, like. How's it? Like I think it was San Antonio, whoever we were playing, and he was like, "Oh man, they're gonna got this." And we won a couple of games with OJ Mayo as our main outside scoring threat, which was so awesome. But that that was the year that Memphis was gonna go somewhere, and then Rudy got hurt towards the end of the year. But yeah, so Travis picked the Grizz in five two. Yeah, against Memphis. No, the Grizz. The Grizz in five, yeah. Oh, oh, I, I'm, oh I'm, I'm... It's 1 a.m. It's fine. It's 1 o'clock in the morning. I'm thinking Memphis against the Grizzlies. Yes. <laughs> like, what's going on here? It'd be a good matchup. I'd watch. <laughs> we, can, we should simulate it on 2K right now. Okay, see what happens. Okay. So let's get let's get our finals picks here so we can get the everybody off and running here. So, Chris, what, what's your Western Conference finals pick? Um, I'm going to stay Phoenix and Golden State. The experience is such a big thing. You need to learn to win in the playoffs. And so I think Memphis is probably still going to – I mean, they could surprise. They could very easily surprise. But I I guess maybe surprise is the right word. They can exceed my expectations. But I think they're probably still a year away. We see it time and time again. A team, wow, they came out of nowhere. They're fantastic. Then they don't go all the way. They need a year or two of experience of playing these difficult playoff games, which are harder than regular season games. They need to learn a couple of times and lose a couple of times to learn how to win. I can, I see that happening against Golden State. Golden State's been there so many times. They're banged up. Their backs are going to be against the wall and they're going to have the veteran experience to eke out an ugly series that they shouldn't win. So it's going to be Phoenix versus Golden State. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, Clint. Out of great respect, I am switching my pick that I had all year, which was that Golden State would beat the Suns in five when healthy um, and go to the finals. But I do not think Golden State can beat Memphis in the second round because of Jaron Jackson. I think that is the, um, the key. If it was just Steven Adams, Draymond would play him off the court. I do not think they can do that. And I don't think the Warriors are big enough um, on the wing. So I would go with the Suns in the Grizzlies. Okay. And then uh, let's see, Luke. I mean, it's definitely the Grizzlies. And then if the Pelicans beat the Clippers, it's going to be the Suns. (laughs) I wasn't going all in. Kawhi's back. Clippers are going to be there. Well, I'm going to go because you picked the Clippers to win. I'm going to pick the Clippers. Then yes, yes. I'm going all in. If Kawhi is back, we're going to do this. We got Be optimistic. This. Be optimistic. Correct. Avery, what do you got for me? I think health plays too much into this. Um, 
the Warriors are not healthy. The Mavericks are not healthy. The Jazz have not been good. Um, I'm taking the Suns and the Grizzlies with the Grizzlies advancing. Oh, man. I was really hoping I could pick the Warriors in Memphis in the finals. There's no um, way you can. I can't do that. No can do can't that. do that. No. So I'm going to – I don't even think Chris Paul's going to stay healthy either. Like, he's just – he just always gets injured in the playoffs. So it's going to happen at some point. I, I'm going to I'm gonna do Memphis in the Suns as well. Um, I should go with my regular season pick. I, I, I think I picked the Warriors and Bucks to make it at the, the beginning of the season or something like that. I should re-listen. Do you really trust the Warriors right now? I don't. So, no, so I was but switching. Don't you, like, feel so, like you should just write it out because no, you almost got it yeah. right? No, don't, don't be doubly wrong. Okay. <laughs> I get to go back to that pick, though, if I was right. Okay. Against Memphis. Um, okay. Let's do final predictions. This is the last part of our podcast real quick. Let's start with Clint. Who has you got in the finals? Suns, Bucks. Suns, Bucks. Who's you got winning? Um, Bucks and six. Yeah, Bucks and six. I've heard that before. Yeah. I'll be there again for game six. So will we. In the we'll building or out, to, out of the building? In the building. Oh, well, I don't know what that's like. <laughs> I may or may not know what the other one's like. <laughs> I, I told Ryan before, so I have season tickets, and I had four tickets for last year, and my devotion as a Bucks fan is where my seats were Last year, prior to game six, I had four tickets. I could have sold my four tickets for a total of $12,000, but I went to the game. <laughs> well, that's a great experience. I respect that so much. I was that ready was to fly to LA for the Clippers, but fortunately, Kawhi got hurt. <laughs> uh, Avery, who do you got finals? Um, I got the Grizzlies and the Bucks, and I'll take the Bucks. Wouldn't that be just a win-win for you, huh? Oh, It'd be such a small market uh, NBA finals. No one would watch. I'm so I, worried, though, for the for Memphis that if it was the, that the NBA, the NBA, that's when they would step in and be like, whoa, 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 whoa. It'd Milwaukee be a sweep. Memphis, we can't do this. <laughs> Who, uh, how many games do you have the Bucks? Uh, it'd be a sweep if they played the if the Bucks played the Grizzlies. It'd be a sweep. Okay, Luke, who do you got? Uh, I got the Bucks, and going all in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, here, here, Kawhi is back. We're the best team in the West. <laughs> I did. This is like a, your NCAA oh, bracket, no. and if, if it turns out you're going to be like, I had a perfect bracket. I don't know what you, game you guys were watching. Correct. Now, just so we're clear, once the Pelicans win tomorrow night, I, I, none of this happened. Just so we're clear. Yeah, I got it. But if Kawhi comes back, we're a different team. That's I all really, I'm saying. I really got to get this podcast out there before the game. I need you to delete everything I say once the Pelicans win tomorrow night. Uh, and then you have the Clippers winning the finals in how many games? I think I got the Bucks in six. Over no, you can't. No, I got the Clippers. That would have to be in six, right? Because game seven would be in yeah. Milwaukee. We have no chance of winning game seven so, in Milwaukee. So, funny story. I picked the Bucks and Clippers last year to win. And if Kawhi did not get hurt, I believe Clippers would have got there. That, just I'm basically just there. taking that and I'm yeah. moving it to this year because I'm assuming Kawhi would not be practicing if he wasn't ready to play yeah. in this playoffs. 
Yeah. That's what I'm going with. I'm going all out with that. I'm going with, you know what? Who cares about team chemistry? Let's just throw them out there and yeah, do that's that. Right. Why Leonard do not stop Kyle Anderson? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to need Kyle Anderson to get hurt before that. So they have to worry about it. <laughs> Chris, what do you got for me for a uh, finals prediction? Um, I have Bucks and Suns. Um, I, I don't know. I guess I trust the Bucks more. I need to see them, like, turn it on. I, I have faith now. If they hadn't won last year, I wouldn't be pessimistic as I usually am about Wisconsin sports. But seeing them actually do it, I have a lot of faith in Giannis. Um, this, like we talked about, the Suns are on a mission. You know, maybe it's inflated, maybe it's not. My my heart says box. My brain is sort of leaning Suns because they've looked more impressive all season. But we're going to take Chris Paul historically being a playoff choker. Devin Booker is a choker, or at least he's not a good matchup against the Bucs. Giannis would destroy Aiton once again. So I'll say Bucks in seven. Did you know that Booker, though, once was told by Kobe Bryant to be legendary? So he wrote that on his shoe yeah. in case he forgot. <laughs> In case he forgot that Kobe told I'm sure Kobe told that to approximately 50 players over the years. And then and then and then Booker proceeded to miss every three he took in the get into deciding game six. So he could look down at Kobe Town and be legendary. <laughs> and go think about that the whole offseason. What a choker. Uh Avery. Is this the easiest road to the finals for the Bucks that they could have asked for? Yes. For the Bucks? Um, yes. Yeah. I mean, they the the That's gonna be an easy series. And then they play presumably Miami. Right? No, they play Boston or the Nets. But they get Boston. Yeah, Boston. They play Boston. Either way, the second round would be the hardest series they'd have the whole playoffs. That's what I'm. Yeah. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah. And they would play if Brooklyn wins. They play Brooklyn coming off of the play-in, coming off of a series mm-hmm. against the Celtics. Right. And then they would play Miami. Right. Presumably. Raptors. Raptors. <laughs> well, you know, but but the Suns. I would say I would say the Suns road is way easier. Like the West is falling apart. Curry's injured. Don, Luca's injured. The only real threat the Suns had, I believe, is Memphis right now. Unless yeah. if quiet comes back. I'm, I'm just saying you're you're, you're saying is the Clippers have the easiest road to the finals. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is the year. Like, okay, I'll be honest with you guys. Let's say if if uh, I don't want this to happen, but if if, if uh, Beverly injures Morant like we know he's going to try to do. Shut up. And like, don't speak it into existence. I know, I know. And then Chris yeah. Paul gets injured, like Utah. This could be like a chance for Utah to get the final. I'm telling you, injured, that injured Luca, Dallas, Brunson, and Dinwiddie pull it together. <laughs> <laughs> this would be the year it could happen, though. I'm just saying, like, if they were to get by them, I don't think Phoenix is great. I don't. I just think they're the bucks of the couple of years before where, where Milwaukee was like, Boonholzer's thinking, no, we're going to break that regular season record. But, but Phoenix <laughs> has been there. Like, they've been in the NBA Finals now. They know yeah. what it takes to but get. But they shouldn't yeah. have been there. They were That's like the, why they were like the fifth best team NBA last year team. in the West. They were okay. not good. Okay. I got I got to get this podcast over <laughs> with, guys. I'm, I'm sure Clint wants to get back to work, and a lot of us want to get back to bed. Uh, back to bed. Let's go to bed for the first time, actually. <laughs> um, I have Bucks against Memphis. That's where I'm deciding. Yeah. I have I have Bucks in five. I think Chris Paul's gonna get injured and that like at some point that he just he does. So 
Memphis is a very explosive team. They're going to be hard to guard. Nobody on that team is going to be able to guard Morant. So um, I have I have Memphis losing to the Bucks though in five. So I, at least I gave your team one, uh, Avery. No, that's fair. When they played in Milwaukee, they played without their they played without three of their five starters. So I think that they'll give them a shot, even if they're healthy. And they cut it to like three in the fourth quarter, but it's a regular season game. And don't worry, like Dylan Brooks is going to guard Giannis, and Giannis will score fifty. But he'll say to everybody that he shut him out. He needed to be scrambled. He traveled every time. That's why he, he needed a screen. He needed a screen or he wouldn't have scored any on me. <laughs> That'll be when Giannis gets hurt is when Dylan Brooks is guarding him in the NBA finals. And I'll charge the court and then he won't take it for a while. <laughs> okay. I don't know what could hurt him at this point, considering his leg bent back like a flamingo last year and he was still able to play the next series. So I'm just going to throw that out there. Okay, guys, anything else? Okay, well, this was a many, long time. Oh, yeah, last thing. How many touchdowns is Mitch Trubisky going to throw? <laughs> Guys, how many wins for LeClaire this year? Okay. okay. Josh <laughs> Allen, MVP, best Super Bowl odds. No bills. <laughs> Great podcast, guys. It was a long one. Thanks, everybody, for joining me. Thanks, Gavin and Travis. Uh, sorry you guys couldn't stay on. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Clint. Thanks, Avery. Thanks, Luke, as always. Uh, if you haven't yet, follow me on YouTube, uh, Nutty Buddy Sports. Uh, follow me on Instagram, Nutty, Nutty Buddy underscore sports. Um, and, uh, yeah, and look out for more sports podcasts. We're going to be following the NBA playoffs as they continue on uh, this, this the rest of the, well, the playoffs. Uh, thanks so much for listening, and we will talk to you guys soon.